This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. The choice to be happy is yours, and you can make it. If you do the work, believing is the key. The power is always within you, waiting to be accessed. Valeria interviews Beth Romero. She's the author of Happy AF, simple strategies to get unstuck, bounce back, and live your best life. Beth Romero was born and raised in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. After a 30-year sojourn on the West Coast, she recently moved back to Philadelphia. In addition to having made her a pizza aficionado, her Italian-American East Coast background inspires a straightforward, humorous, and self-deprecating narrative style that characterizes her writing. As every good cook knows, the secret is the salt. With a background and degree in psychology, Beth channeled her creativity into a successful sales and branding career. A former business owner, VP, chief brand marketing officer, and director of sales, persuasive storytelling is her superpower. She showcases those skills to their fullest in this practical and entertaining how-to guide for happiness. Meet Beth at BethRomeroAuthor.com. Here's the interview with Beth Romero. In your own words, who am I speaking with today? <laughs> Hi, I am so happy to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Beth Romero, and I wrote a book that's coming out November 14th, which is a comprehensive guidebook for happiness called Happy AF. Um, but author is just one of my many titles, as I wear many hats, as most women do. Most importantly, I'm a mother of two beautiful children, which has been without a doubt the greatest story of my life, totally epic. Um, I have a background and degree in psychology, and I was able to channel that creativity into um, a fairly successful sales and branding career. So I've always joked around that persuasive storytelling is my superpower. Meanwhile, I've always had a love affair with words. So finally, I decided to put pen to paper for my first book. Um, it's kind of been a lifelong dream of mine, a bucket list type of thing. And it's been a truly extraordinary experience. And I am so thrilled for the upcoming launch. What is the purpose of the human experience? That's such a great question. Um, there's a section in my book entitled Your Why is the Way, where I explore this in much more detail. Um, basically, 
While I believe the end of our human life is really just the beginning, i.e. God, eternity, cool angels singing and all that good stuff, I believe we're given our time here on earth for a reason. God just didn't put us here to kill time in the interim. In fact, there's a, a quote that I just love and I actually have it in the book and it's, the purpose of life is to discover your gift. The work of life is to develop it. And the meaning of life is to give your gift away. And I so believe that. We all have this beautiful gift, right? Just waiting to be unwrapped. Some call it following your bliss, your God-given calling, your mission, your reason, your why, your way, whatever you want to call it. And it's when you finally start living the life that has been waiting patiently for you. We all have a song in our heart, right? Tapping on us, nudging us, like just wanting to come out. And when we really, really dig into that and, and we live that gift and then give that gift away and have it be of service to humanity, I believe that is the purpose of the human experience, in my opinion. And, and what a beautiful purpose, right? At this time, what is the purpose of your life? Hmm. What is currently the purpose of my life? Let's see. Aside from helping to nurture and prepare my kids to leave the nest, um, I would say currently it's to help people bounce back and find their happy and reach their mountaintop. Um, I remember one day back in 2020, I was scrolling on Instagram and a Brene Brown quote popped up and it said, one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and that will be someone else's survival guide. And that so resonated with me. And that's what really helped inspire me to write the book because everything that I was able to go through, that I went through to go from roadkill to redemption, to claw my way back out of rock bottom and find my happy, I was then able to repurpose that pain and to share that journey in the book and all the strategies on how to get there, basically putting it over the roadmap to print. So yeah, like right now, that's where I'm at. That is my purpose. I wouldn't I want everybody to reach their mountaintop and be their best self. What are some of the greatest misconceptions about happiness, in your opinion? I discuss this in the book as well. Um, there really is no happiness destination. The journey is the destination, right? There is no happy when or happy because or happy if. I always say the deferred happiness plan sucks. It's literally compounding interest annihilates happy in the now, obliterates it. So you don't wait on something or someone or some event to be happy. Just be happy now. Being fully immersed in the present, that's integral to happiness. Happiness is a choice, not the result. And people, people have these preconceived notions. Oh, when I make this amount of money, then I'll be happy. Or just when I meet my significant other, then I'll be happy. Or when I get this promotion, then I'll be happy. And that that's a, that's a house of cards. Honestly, it, it's an empty bag of tricks. The choice is to be happy now. There is no deferment when it comes to happiness because you get to choose it right now in this moment. What is healing to you? You know, when I was younger, I used to hate the phrase, time heals everything. 
it just sounded so trite and so cliche to me, like, oh, really? Okay, time. Okay, thanks. Great. But as you get older, you realize those cliches have stayed around for decades because there's an element of truth to it. Time is essential to healing. Healing is a journey. It's one foot in front of the other, step by step, until the horizon finally comes back into view. And that journey that journey is either hastened or hindered by your daily choices, day in and day out. Simple daily practices and habits can be the most effective foot soldiers for healing and happiness. And by that, I mean your sleeping, your diet, your activity, your social support, gratitude, letting go, all of that. I talk about this in the book. Every single one of those aspects comes to play for your healing journey. So healing can be very intentional. And the more intentional in having your practices be for good, the the quicker and the less painful the healing will be. But the best part about healing when you come through the other side is that you're stronger, you're more fortified, you're more beautiful for the scars. So I think healing is part of our tapestry of life, really. What is your understanding and idea of love? Well, this is actually kind of ironic, but I mean, I find most things in life to be ironic um, in the poetry of life. Um, I, re- I wrote about this in the book, too. Um, I really learned about love from my divorce. Irony of ironies. I, I learned that love, it's a choice not an emotion, right? Because emotions, they're fleeting, capricious, whimsical, and sometimes cruel. And and that's not love. Love is a commitment. Love is a choice that you make every single day. And when I really comprehended that, that love is a verb, not a noun, it's not something that I fall into, but rather something that I choose into, Love became something totally different from me. And it was a really big aha moment. Um, and I tried to teach my my kids that as well, that love is a choice. It's if they if they think it's an emotion, then it, it then it, it may as well be just a leaf in the wind, you know, and I want them tethered. I want them tethered to their happiness. So That's what love is to me. Oh, and that in every good Taylor Swift song. (laughs) What is inner peace to you? Inner peace. Um, Inner peace for me is being present in the moment, um, in the now. And that was a really, a very big struggle for me for many, many years. I'd either be so eaten up by guilt and regrets of the past, or I'd be so consumed with anxiety about the future. And yeah, I'd put on a good game face, but I had nothing close to inner peace. And once I realized that true inner peace is really only staying in the moment and being present, um, that was a big game changer. And that, and also believing that there's bigger purpose in in life bigger than me, right? And that I could trust the plan and hand over the wheels to that. Like I didn't have to be in control. Yes, I was very active in pursuing the goals and so forth, but just trusting the process. So I guess that's where my faith comes into play. Um, doing both of those have, have really changed my life. What 
where and who is God to you? Look, I'm not looking to proselytize. I tend to avoid people who do that like the plague, but um, there's just no getting around the fact that studies have determined faith to be integral and a significant predictor of happiness. And I know it is for me. So my primary life preserver during any dark period of my life is always a spiritual one. And for me, that is God. And I talk to him every day and I, I weave it throughout my day. It's not like I have a set prayer time or down on my knees or where it feels dutiful. I mean, I really talk to him and I don't know, maybe that sounds odd, but being in gratitude to God and telling him my prayers and my hopes and my needs from big to small, it's, it's probably one of the most cathartic things I can do in terms of really securing inner peace and happiness. And it all starts with him. And when I, really embrace that, I never feel alone. And I would want the same for other people to feel that. What is to be spiritual? And what is spirituality? Spirituality is universal, really. The specifics may vary, but all cultures have the concept of a sacred divine force. Believing in something bigger than you, being about something more than you. It's what connects us all. And Spirituality acts like a lamp, a guidepost, and it lights our path during our darkest moments, and it shines the light even brighter on our joyous ones. And no matter what form it may take for you, spirituality is associated with greater happiness, well-being, and life satisfaction, full stop. There is a plethora of studies out there that can attest to that fact. So spirituality is one of the key indicators of happiness. And um, I have a big section in my book about that as well. How do you define success? What is to be successful to you? Success is very personal in my opinion. And I, I take it back to the purpose of our existence that we discussed earlier. And I think if you are using and developing the gifts that God gave you and you're giving that gift away, you are an extraordinary success. And that has nothing to do with fame or money. It's so much bigger than that. But um, again, success is personal to every person, but that's my view of success. So I always tell the girls, don't go after the fame, just go after meaning and um, your heart will be full. How did you become a writer? Writing has just always been a part of me, really, ever since I was little. When I was little, when I was younger, I was an avid reader, right? And I, kids my age were reading Nancy Drew and I was reading Wuthering Heights and Jane Eyre. So as I said before, I had a love affair with words and I've, I've written since I can remember, whether it was like short stories or poems or everything just for fun. And then in my sales and marketing career, I wrote copy for sales and marketing and part of being the persuasive storytelling. And when we were in lockdown during the pandemic, um, I literally grabbed my laptop one day and just started writing my thoughts and they were all these disjointed topics, but the words just kept coming, pouring from me, literally. And finally, after so many times of doing this, I was like, wait, I, I think I have a book here. And it kind of went from there. And then I became very intentional about turning everything into book form. So I 
I love writing. I I absolutely adore it. It's cathartic. It's an amazing experience. It's an outlet for my creativity. So um, I can't wait to write the next book. I've been researching topics and so forth, and I'm literally chomping at the bit to get going. What was the inspiration, intention, and purpose of writing your book? You know, it's funny, as I just said, I really never intended to sit down and write a book. It just kind of happened. And I always say I never set out to write the book, but the book set out to write me. And that's the honest to God truth. Um, it wasn't planned, but I think some of the greatest things that have ever happened to me in my life weren't planned. Um, and my dad had passed in 2020 during the pandemic, and it just brought me down with a myriad of other factors that I go into in the book. And I hit the rock bottom place, and then I had to claw my way back out of it. And in the process of clawing my way back out, I started keeping an account of this and the strategies that I used and so forth and, and what came up for me and what was effective and what worked. And um, that's really what inspired the book because the book is called Happy AF and it, it is a comprehensive guidebook for happiness. It's for people to find their happy place and to bounce back and to live a better life and live a fuller life. And you don't have to be rock bottom to benefit from this. I mean, these are really great practical strategies and suggestions that are all backed by clinical research. There's no woo-woo fairy dust here or just believe in it will be type of stuff. This is all clinically driven data. And it really, they're the most effective foot soldiers for really like tethering your happiness. Where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? Oh, sure thing. My website is a great place to connect and stay connected. And I would love to hear from all the readers. So please find me, BethRomeroAuthor.com. I would love to connect. We are almost at the end of our conversation, and I have two final questions for you. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? Well, that's certainly a thought-provoking question. And I, I talk about this in the book too, because I actually think this is a really great exercise to do on a regular basis. I call it playing the movie of your life backwards because you want to start playing the movie of your life backwards to see, gosh, do I need to add any plot twists or pivot to make sure that it's really going to be the movie that I want it to be is full and robust. And um, I believe it's a great accountability exercise to make sure that you're on the path that you want to be. Um, one of my most favorite books, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, he dedicates a whole entire chapter to contemplating death. And it's not in a morose or morbid way, but really as a way to raise your awareness and challenge you to live at that highest potential, to be bolder, to be bigger, so that when death comes, there are no regrets. And he actually, he, write, he wrote this in the book, and I love this. Are you going to wait until that last moment for death to be your teacher? And that sentence itself really struck me a few years ago when I read it because 
death can teach us at any moment. So if you take that question that you just asked and you really give it thought, it can teach you right now, like, where do you want to be? And I utilize this a lot. For example, about a year ago, um, I got very intentional about what I'm looking for in a partner. So I decided then and there that, okay, I want to be who I want to attract. And I started making any necessary changes to my lifestyle or being to achieve that goal. And um, I think when you're intentional and accountable to your life story, looking at it in reverse, um, you can make those necessary adjustments and pivots. And finally, in terms of would I change anything right now, um, I try not to have regrets like that, to be quite honest, because I believe that everything that happens to us, both the good and the bad, brings you to exactly where you are today. And that serves a purpose, even the mistakes and what I like about that mindset is that mistakes, they, they serve a purpose and not shame. So even all the quote unquote screw ups or mistakes or mishaps that may have taken place during my time at rock bottom, I, I don't regret any of that because that brought me to exactly where I am right here, right now, talking about this with you. So, um, there's there's really beauty in everything and when you when you look at your life like that um it's it's incredibly empowering what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment gosh three things that i know for sure at this very moment okay let's go one love and connection are everything two being of service is what we're here for in whatever capacity that may look like for you. And three, gratitude. And being in gratitude is a game changer. It's one of the most important things to practice. It's so easy to do. It costs literally nothing and it will make the biggest difference in your life. And those three things I know in my heart and soul to absolutely be true. Thank you so much for your presence, for sharing your wisdom and doing what you do. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Beth Romero and her work, please visit BethRomeroAuthor.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.